Leadership family. Hey. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Restoring the Breach podcast, RTB. I'm your host, Greg. And I'm Cache. Where we specialize in unlocking the leader inside of you. We thank you so much for following us on this journey. Mm-hmm. This is week five of what we call Losing My Religion. Yeah. And if you followed us these last four weeks, man, it has been life-changing. It's been chain-breaking. Mm-hmm. All the, the Mindset the, shifting. Oh, man, come on. All the generational, uh, all whatever. Right. Don't I'm, do I'm too much. doing too much. I, I, <laughs> I'm doing too much. But you know what we mean. What we mean. And uh, it's just been, been liberating, yeah. um, to say the least, of us just going through those different pieces of, of religion. Um, that that can really keep you stifled. Religion versus relationship. Yeah, and what we always talk about is just figuring out a way to do life well. Yeah, and we know that what Jesus truly reflected and and all throughout the Bible was to show, especially religious folks, just mm-hmm. do life well. Yeah, like the I'm, I did not come here to abolish the law that you live by. I come to fulfill it. Yeah, and He made it very clear in so many ways when when we as religious people or humans. humans. Thought we knew better, he debunked yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, uh, we see all the time that our our human mind really can't really comprehend what God is saying half the time, anyway. And that's probably where, like, I feel like that's where religion is created. Uh huh. Um, oh, we're oh, trying to do the right things so much, but we're trying to understand this huge God with this little teeny brain. And it causes us to be like, this is more important. This is more important. Yeah. This is how you do it. This is how you, <laughs> this is how you do it. Like, and then all this stuff and all these these things are created. Um, <clears throat> and then you know, for some, they break out, and it like because it can be very stifling. Yeah. And others, they create another new doctrine and another one, um, misunderstanding what what this whole thing called life is about and what it should be. You know, and on this journey, I really have learned like how to just relax. Yeah. You know, I still have tense moments. I'm, I'm still there. I'm still pretty intense. But there are things that were so like I was just so like tight bootied about mm-hmm. <laughs> when it came to like God. It's like calm mm-hmm. down. That's probably how the Holy Spirit was to me and has been for all this time. Like calm. Yeah. Down. You know, I'm right with you. Because it's like, oh, my God. I got a tighter booty than you. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> like <laughs> relax. You can have fun. <clears throat> you know. Well, I feel we're saying tight booty. I don't know. I mean, but it's if it's what it is. Everybody understand just. Yeah. That's what that's my vision of just my. Did you purse your lips? That's what I imagine it being like. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So today mm-hmm. is the season finale. I think that it, there is nothing, no way to more appropriately title this one than what is ministry. What is ministry? And um, because we talk so much about like what ministry is not, um, that I feel like it's time to talk about what it actually is. Yeah. And so, you know, let's talk about what your first, what are, what are your what were your first thoughts about what ministry was as a mm. whole? If you can go back, yeah, versus then, like you know, in the heart of like where we were, mm. um, to now. Oh, my picture of ministry was always was always church associated. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do in church? Yeah, 
what's your roles? And even if it wasn't a role in the church, it was an extension of what you're doing for the church. Yeah. Like if I'm an evangelist, which we know majority of the time your evangelist roles in the church. Yeah. Or street ministry and prison ministry and, and reaching the homeless and, mm-hmm. you know, even a parts of hospitality. But you're an arm of the church. So you're always. So it's always church affiliated. Um, and that was my, you know, we've we we've done music, mm-hmm. so you know we understand and we're able to see the impact that God can use us for through our gifting on a yeah. stage, and how it can actually impact people, yeah, and move an audience and things of that nature. So you have something that is a little more tangible than someone who, yeah, um, may impact somebody's life through serving them a plate. But either yeah. way, it was still a role affiliated. Like I have to, to do, yeah, it's yeah. a church affiliated thing, absolutely. And now. Um, truly recognizing that God is much, much bigger than the Just organization. Just a church role. Yeah. In a church role. Yeah. I think that I have learned that um, church is community, which is what we need. Yeah. You know, but that's not the only place. You know, Mm -hmm. that's not the only community. That's not the only way to um, to fulfill a purpose in life. Let me give this because I meant to do this over probably the first uh, week of this this session. And I'm going to go right back to you. We are not deconstruction lists. Greg, he just likes this. I I, I, I got to get I've been waiting to use this word for a long time. It's necessary because because people will take stuff and they'll twist it. Um, We are not against the church. We're not against God designed the church uh, to establish a community mm-hmm. uh, for the body of Christ. Uh, but what we have recognized is the importance. What we recognize is that people uh, made the community yeah. cultish. Yeah. People <laughs> made the community like controlling and demanding and placed God's things inside a box. Mm. So, so now... When you're doing anything outside of this, then something is wrong. Yeah. You know. That's good. So we're not trying to say don't do church because we very, we do do church. Absolutely. Even though we are not presently with a ministry, we will one day be back presently with a ministry. <laughs> we know that this time that we are in is for a specific purpose, but we understand its place. We're church, church's place now mm-hmm. as community versus, <clears throat> which is a part of my life. Yeah. But not God. Yeah. You know what I mean? The the church, we took, I had a dream. This is a very good example. She's a dreamer. I had a dream. <clears throat> In a dream, I was at church. And there was a program about to get started. And everybody was setting up these beautiful tables. And I saw um, our former pastor and assistant pastor and all of that. And everybody was just busy putting these beautiful tables together. And I saw the bride and the bride, she was all tattered up. Her, her, I don't know why every time we start Mm -hmm. talking, my voice does this. Her dress was torn and she needed, like she looked like she was like kind of beat up looking. And everybody was so busy planning the program. Nobody helped the bride. And so I went to her and said, hey, let me help you. And I went inside the bathroom, me and the bride went in the bathroom, and I tried to start helping her get herself together for the wedding. The people were so busy in the dream that they were setting the tables up, blocking the aisle the bride was supposed to walk down Wow! to get, you know, wow. for the ceremony in itself. 
Now, how does that relate to what we're talking about? The church has gotten to a place where we are the people so busy wow. with the program yeah. that we're blocking the aisle for the bride. Wow. And so what God is looking for is someone like I was in the dream oh. to help the bride so she can get to where she to her proper place. The mm. bride's proper place will be reunite was to be united with the groom. Wow. And so what happens a lot of times is in church we get so um, consumed in these beautiful programs and all of this stuff that we're actually not helping the bride, which is God's, which is the church, which is the church, which is the church. So we've blocked the church from reuniting. With so God. they couldn't even wow. connect. Wow. You know, she, because, and she was all beat up, man. I can't even, her dress was torn and she just needed help. And everybody was just so busy with the programming. Mm -hmm. And that is the thing that, that's what why we're talking about this today. Ministry, the programs and stuff, there's nothing wrong with them, but they need to be made to help the bride get to where she needs to be. That's good. They don't need to be where they are actually blocking the bride. And that's the problem. And that's why this is such an important topic to talk about what actually is ministry. Because I know for a fact, because I was one, but we are losing our religion, who has purpose and our roles in church and what we're supposed to do in the world, we've gotten it twisted up. Yeah. And to the place where things that are out of place, like our family and and how, you know, you're about like how your family being first and what does that look like and and all of this stuff. We've mixed it up. Yeah, I mean we we know what that's like to forsake yeah. Not just your household. Yeah. Because that's that's probably the most abandoned one. Yeah. But there are there's your extended family. You're missing out on the experiences and the memories mm -hmm. that you could have with those loved ones because of your 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 commitment to service. You know, Tim Ross said on his podcast, you're about to say something. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I'll Tim Ross it. said on his podcast, it was and it was very, very um you guys know we quote so many different people that have that are influential yeah. to us. So even though we're not currently in the ministry, believe me, we are being poured in um, and covered in many ways yeah. by people who are truly delivering oh, yeah. um, the word of God around the world. But he's, he told Devon Franklin, um, oh, what's it called? Ex Megan Good. Megan don't Good's we don't want him to just be known. Yeah, but you know, phenomenal brother. But um, he told him as he was sharing, as Devon was sharing his testimony mm -hmm. about how uh, people pump and prime him to believe that, hey, you're called to be a pastor. You should be a pastor because and, he preaches. And he made a... I actually thought he was a pastor. Yeah. So, because yeah, they said that did. he preached. They said that he was a pastor. Yeah. But he knew that his purpose was not to be a pastor. He knew his purpose was to, to in, at some executive level, to make an impact in film, in the arts, in the entertainment industry. That's what God called and him to do. And he has thus far. And Tim Ross told him, oh. I thank God that we did not lose you to ministry. Oh, man. When he said so just, that, we were like, woo! Because you got to think about that for a second. You know, we're, we talk about being churched, <laughs> growing up in ministry, and how your commitment to, to what, we would, what we may have considered kingdom work yeah. is, the, is the be all. Yeah. And so to tell somebody, man, I thank God that we didn't lose you to church. Yeah. It to, was profound yeah. because I thank God that your gifting yeah. was not taken away 
from the rightful place that it was put supposed it to be a in box. and put in a place that uh-huh. it wasn't. And so, you know, you don't know what you're like. There are people who are called to be world changers, man, mm-hmm. that are supposed to be in political office, that are supposed to be um, Fortune 500 execs, that are, are supposed to start businesses that are going to change and transform certain arenas from hair care to whatever. Mm-hmm. And if your mindset, your eyes are fixated on what role do I have in the church, which there aren't enough roles in the church for everybody anyway. Yeah. Um, you'll miss oh, it. Oh man, you you would be hurting some feelings in the, if they for people listening to this. <laughs> man, I, but it's true. If it's a church of ten thousand people and everybody's supposed to be working, how is that possible? Is there ten thousand roles in? I mean, there's a whole lot of corner. Uh, you know, yeah, churches on the corner that 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 got a got two eighty year old deacons and a mm-hmm. you know a, a mother of the church. Yeah, and so where do you fit in if your purpose is associated with that? And that's a that's a very big thing. Go ahead, go ahead. Just, I just thought about something. I'm literally getting a revelation right now. Mm-hmm. So all the time in church, you hear your gift will make room for you. I only ever associated that with being in the building. Mm. I only ever associated because the Bible says that the gift the gift of God will make room. It'll make room for you. I only ever associated it with being inside the church building. Mm-hmm. But what if God really meant your gift will make room for you in the world? Ooh. So I had a dream about Greg, and I can tell it because it's not really telling that. <laughs> I had a dream about him. Did I tell you she's a dreamer? I think I said that. <laughs> and in the dream, he had this fishing rod, but it was a luxury fishing rod. Okay. Mm. And he told me he was dressed real nice, his real bomb suit looking fine. And he said, I just got into this. I started this new hobby. And, it, and he pulled up this big, if you actually saw it in a dream, it didn't look like a fishing rod at all. But that's what he called it. <clears throat> Again, um, he called it a fishing rod. It was a luxury fishing rod. And and it was and he he was like a, you know he knew how to work with it he knew how to maneuver it and we were in a school at the time and there was something going on and Greg was getting ready to speak and we looked over and the the I, I feel like he was like an administrator or something the administrator or something of mm-hmm. the school start was having all he was like glitching yeah I, I can't. It was a dream, so y'all. It was glitching. It was like watching a computer, like like something was happening with him, wow. but nobody saw it. Wow. But Greg, Greg saw it first. So Greg was like, you know, he went over to him, and I, and the man kept saying, "I'm fine, I'm fine," but he's meanwhile he's like a computer, just and he's like, "You ain't fine." Like, <laughs> so he, uh, you know, he 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 was like, "Let me call nine one one." And then after that, because the man was like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. But he wasn't. He was like falling apart. He was like falling backwards and like all distorted looking and stuff. And um, and what happened was after Greg saw it and said, let me call for help, then other people saw it. And I saw in that dream that there was a specific thing that God created for him. Wow. The luxury fishing rod. What's the Bible? What did he? What did he? What did Jesus say to the disciples? I right. make you fishers fisher of men. Wow. The the fishing rod in there was this thing that that we're still learning that that God has placed in Greg. Wow. 
And he was able to see before anybody else that this, this top dude in this school needed help. And he knew who to call for him to get help. Now, how does that relate to all of this? When I think about how the Bible says your gift will make room for you, it makes me think about how whatever your gift is, like for him, whatever this fishing rod is, is his purpose or, or, or an instrument that God has given him, a role that God has given him for the kingdom of the earth. That's good. Not just the castle that we created, the church building. It's beyond that. He was able to see from this top administrator that nobody else could stuff that the other person couldn't see. And so when we are, are walking in this life and accepting, like we all say, well, I don't know if everybody says it, but we are learning to say, we want to die empty. We don't want to leave this earth with anything that God had intended for us to do in this world. Yeah. We want to die with nothing left in us. Nobody will be able to say, oh, she'd have been a great this, or he had a book that he should have wrote and he never did. And so how do you do that? Yeah. How do you do that? If there's a thousand people writing books, but God called you to write a book, this is where your gift will make room for you. Oh man. It's like, yes, there's a thousand people writing books, but I have a book in you. In a place where it looks and like I have a place exactly. Wow. Yeah, that's what that's Pastor good. Tim Ross said. Ross said that he said when he started his podcast, he said to God, when God told him to, he said, God, everybody's doing podcasts. Mm. I feel like a drop in a bucket of the of the ocean or whatever. He said something like that, and I understood what he meant. Absolutely. But God skyrocketed his podcast, and I and he's like, man, I'm becoming like people are coming up to me. He's like, I'm an introvert. <laughs> people are coming up to me like Pastor Tim, Pastor Tim, and and he has all these followers and stuff. And he said that he has. More people have heard him mm-hmm. in this past, what? Three months. Three months? Yeah. He's been preaching for 26 years. Mm. And more people have heard him through a podcast. Than over the pulpit. Than over the pulpit. And, and mind you, he had his own church. Yeah. You know, and it's not to say that that role was wrong or that being a pastor is wrong. But it's to say that's not all. And he's still using his voice. He's still and it, so if <laughs> that's what we're talking about, like you're, he's just using you're, his voice in a different you're not, arena. You're not associating your purpose with that particular role. Yeah, like God, if you've called me to be a person who changes systems, mm-hmm. okay, I, I look at systems and I can identify when they're broken, how they can be improved, strategize plans. That right there can be placed anywhere. Yeah, you can be working for Alcoa. You know, or some sanitation company. You could mm-hmm. be uh, working for ESPN. You can work for a mega church. Either way, yeah. you still have the you ability have to it. look at a system and identify where the problems are or strategize how it can be improved to be better. That's the mindset that we have to take on. Um, when, 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 number one, we got to be able to go back to God and say, God, what are the giftings you've given me? Like, that has mm-hmm. to be the preface because we spend a lot of time with people telling us what we're good at. Yeah. Or what we glamorize. Uh, that's cool. I saw a lot mm-hmm. that people saw stuff. And when it was blowing up, like I remember when the dance ministry was like blowing up 
everybody wanted to be a part of it, whether they actually could dance or they couldn't dance. You know, if, if, if you go to a ministry and the worship team is huge and you have all this stuff, then everybody wants to be a part of that. But really, and so, you know, let's say that it's like, well, no, you, you do better. Well, what God wants you to do is over here is hidden or whatever, you know, you might feel like, well, that's not, Mm-hmm. That's small. That's not. Yeah, yeah. You know, I often talk about this story of a man who um, we used to all go to church together, and he was a phenomenal, is a phenomenal contractor, and um, he went to our pastor at the time because we he was talking, he was teaching about spiritual gifts and just giftings and stuff like that that God gave um, gives us, and so he went to him and he was like, uh, "What is my gift?" I'll never forget this. And uh and the and pastor said to him, um, you your gift is in your hands, your gift is building. And I remember seeing his face. Mm-hmm. He looked a little disappointed. Um, because he was hoping that my assumption is he was his mind thought that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. He probably was hoping. Well, you someone's you're going to be a teacher. Yeah, you're, you're supposed a prophet, to be a prophet. Yeah. You're yeah. going to be this, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with those roles. Don't get us twisted on that. But they all have their place. I have read over and over and over again. I think in the last last month, I kept coming across when when God was like in the Word, if you're a teacher, teach well. Yeah. If you are, if you have the gift of hospitality, if you have the gift of giving, if you have the gift of faith, God was breaking up that stuff to say. Just do the job that I gave you well. Mm. It's just like the um, parable with the with the talents. Yeah. This one had five. This one got two. This one got one. The one, you know, could have done the best with the best of his ability that thing and yeah. worked it to death and yeah. said he was afraid, which that's a whole different thing. Um, but the point is, God knows the talents he gave you, whatever those talents represent in your life. That's real. And so it's important that you don't make it small because it's not the pastor Mm -hmm. or make it small because it's not on the worship team. You know, really you're hurting yourself and the people who need you in the role that you're supposed to be in if you're singing, but you're supposed to be over here doing something else. Come on, man. You understand what I'm saying? You, you are if I am out of place, Ooh. there are people who are waiting for my voice in whatever space I'm supposed to yes. be in. Yes, yes. But if I'm over here, when I'm supposed to be over here, there's they're going to lose that. And I'm not going to get, listen, people don't like to, I don't think that people associate satisfaction and um, pleasure and stuff like that with doing your with with doing your role, your purpose in God. But there was a point when God was doing something new in the music with me, but He was doing something different through our worship. And there was a level of satisfaction and pleasure that I that I received from God in just doing what He wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. It made me so much, it was so easy to submit to God, like whatever you want me to do, because I just felt so like I am in the right place. Yeah. I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing right now. It really didn't matter what was going on around us. Stuff was getting kind of crazy everywhere. (laughs) Our life was changing. We were having babies. Just everything was crazy. But in that space, in that time, 
there was a level of satisfaction, peace, joy, just everything you can think of good. I just, it was happening. And so I was not, it was like the, everything around me, I wasn't affected by it because I was like, I'm supposed to be. And I was so excited about it. And people don't associate. Well, you were living Psalm 1. The le- Man, you don't associate the level of like. You were living that, that palm peace tree. Peace or gratification yeah. or something that yeah. you get. Yeah. Pleasure that you get from like God knows, like He created us, and He knows if you're doing the exact thing that He designed you to do, there's a level of satisfaction that nothing in this world could give you. He knows. Man, listen that. to this. Listen to this. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. Mm-hmm. So we we talked last season about gender roles. Yeah. And this is for any of you people out here who are have in a frustrated relationship. Okay. Right. okay. See how I'm tying this in here. Mm-hmm. There's a design on how how we're supposed to do relationship. And it's not always the exact same way in every household, but there's a certain there are certain principles that God have in place. When you fracture that design, then you lose pleasure in that relationship. Mm. Same with you you're just referencing. When you identify the purpose that God created you for and you're mm-hmm. operating in it, you feel a certain level of satisfaction. Mm-hmm. So it just makes me think about the areas that you're frustrated in in your life. Are you operating in the correct the correct lane in those ways? Or are you like the man who was disappointed because he thought he should be doing something else? Mm-hmm. And so he couldn't find satisfaction in what he was doing because he hoped it was something different than uh, that. Yeah. He was devaluing the yeah. thing that God created him mm-hmm. to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that we we'll, we miss that. A lot of the time, because we glamorize everybody want to be the pastor, which I don't understand. I don't be no pastor. But <laughs> there's a lot of people who they glamorize, they fantasize about being the pastor or being a first lady or or being you know or being doing the music and stuff. And it's like, man, yeah. But what I want, what I have learned in this season, when we left the church that we were a part of. Um, or I guess I could say it better, like when, when God moved us out, I felt really lost <clears throat> for like a long time. I didn't know like what I was supposed to be doing. And I was just like, huh. I was so, because I associated my purpose in God with the role that I was in. And if I'm not doing it, then who am I? Mm. You know, I didn't really, it wasn't that I wasn't trying to parent my kids, but it felt like, well, that's it. Like, it took time for God to like teach me that in this time, like there were things that he's, he's been doing. And, you know, I often share this about parenting, something I learned. I was reading, um, Solomon, uh, when, when, when Solomon became King and God asked him, you know, what is it that you want? You can ask for anything. And he said, give me wisdom to lead your people. And when I read that, you know, the Holy Spirit gave me revelation that I needed to pray that too and ask God to give me wisdom to lead his people. But it wasn't the way I thought. Mm-hmm. His people are my children. Yeah. And this is who I'm supposed this is who I'm called to first. And so before I can lead anyone else, mm-hmm. even though um I had been doing it, there was a reset that happened. And I, I, I learned in that time, like I needed wisdom 
to lead my children mm. because my children are God's people. Wow. And I didn't, you know, you don't put that together because yeah. they're your kids and, yeah, you know, people shit. just having babies and, you know, you have babies and you raise them and they go, you don't, you don't really put together. These are God's people. That's good. That's good. And I need wisdom to know how to lead them. Okay. God gave them to us. Mm. He gave the, each of them to us for a specific reason. There's some, there's a reason why I'm their mother and you're their father. Right. But we, we need to know what we don't know since you, when you have kids, you don't, they're not, they don't come with a manual. It don't say, look on page 35 to tell you what God's purpose for them is and what you're supposed to give them before they turn 18 and leave you. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't that, that, that would be, that would be great, nice. wouldn't it? You know, <laughs> but you need wisdom from God to yeah. lead his people. Absolutely. And it starts in your home because your children are God's people mm. and you don't put it together. Like we know we're raising them to be human beings in this world, mm -hmm. but it's like, I need wisdom for that. Yeah. Because really, just, you know, feeding a baby and, and making sure that they're cool in the crib and stuff and not like touching hot stuff isn't scratching the surface of their purpose. Yeah. That's basic stuff. Yeah. And it's like, God, what else am I supposed to be giving them? And so I don't think I'd have ever got that if I was only finding value in my work in ministry. Yeah. And I would have given them that. Now, I'd love the community of ministry. And I look forward to being in a place of new community and my kids being able to engage in it outside of, you know, we do, we're watching online. I look forward to them being able to be a part of it. But in this time, God has given me wisdom, how to lead his people, mm -hmm. my children. That's good. And so when it's time to go back into ministry, I hope that I have progressed to the place where I really am able to be balanced to go his people, my children and his people, these people that I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because oftentimes you feel like one or the other. Yeah. But you, you're definitely grabbing principles from parenting that can go, translate over into dealing with other people. Yeah. Because we talk about that all the time. We always use um, examples of what we do, what we do with our kids on how we deal with other people, mm -hmm. like recognizing that. All five of our children are not, not the same. Yeah. And so when you're dealing yes, with dealing yes, with yes. people, you have to recognize not only are people not all the same, but they they don't think like you. Yeah. And you know <laughs> that's really hard to imagine when they're your kids because you feel like, well, why? You know, it's like, are they like your mom or are you like your dad? It's like they're like themselves. Some yeah. some stuff they're it's just their own quirky for whatever thing that God has for them in the world. And I'm responsible for a period of time That's good. Absolutely. where I'm supposed to give them what I have to give them so they can go off into the world and develop and become who they're supposed to be. You know, that's, that is the, the goal Yeah. and to be fruitful and multiply. I have something to give them. You have something to give them. Mm -hmm. And then you, the hope is that they become decent human beings in this world who love God and they do the same for their children and go and it gets better and better. So we're creating this community, this kingdom of God. So people should know or will learn how to actually live, Yeah, you know, but we don't, we oftentimes ignore our own families and we will choose when we're in church and we'll choose them and they'll be treated better than our people at home, mm -hmm. you know. And then you wonder because well, we associate the ch the church community with purpose. Yeah, if and you don't and recognize they need us. These it ties ones. right into this. Yeah, like, yeah. We've seen, you know, men um, abandon their wives because mm -hmm. their wife 
wants time. Yeah. And and the man can't associate that. Yo, you, you it's a, it, you're. Let me say this first and foremost because I've I've heard, I've heard men say, "I'm called to ministry." Uh huh. Um, and abandon their home, and yeah. their relationships fall apart, or yeah. their children hate them. Yeah. And to say that I am called to do this for Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But forsake. The principles that he he's established, like this, is one of the things that we miss. It's quite hypocritical to say that I'm doing, I'm living a life for Christ by fulfilling these these responsibilities for church, but abandoning another responsibility that Christ Himself says I'm responsible for. Mm-hmm. It's contradicting. Mm-hmm. Like you're still responsible for for groom for developing your relationship and grooming important to your children mm-hmm. and taking care of yourself. Yeah. Oh, like let's not wait, forget that. Hit that. Me late. But like, let's not forget that. That's a whole nother do unto thing. others as you. Come on, man. Like, yeah, yeah. It, we don't really associate. I always felt like um, loving myself was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, it always felt like it's vain. It's because that you know when when you when you say it like that, it sounds like selfish. But that's a part of ministry. Cause we don't, yeah. we ain't got no problem singing. Encourage yourself. Well, that's different. Well, yeah, that's we sing that churchy. song all the time. But the thing about it is, the there's a there is a hidden principle in that. That in reality, you have to be there for yourself. You need to minister <laughs> you need to, to take yourself. Care of yourself. Like, yeah. what does ministering mean? We got to define that. Yeah, it isn't always about laying hands on people or giving prophetic words or interpreting tongues or what? you know what I mean or delivering a sermon. Mm-hmm. That's not always what ministering is. Yeah. Ministering could be me being a listening ear at the right moment when the Holy Spirit Man. tells me to do so. And now I'm able to be a part of somebody's mending process or going through grief. Ministering could be me recognizing a child who doesn't have a father. And I mm-hmm. step in and become a mentor mm-hmm. in a place where there was a void because I listened to the voice of God in yeah. that moment. All of these are key components of ministering that we can't miss. Yeah, yeah the stuff we do that in we churches will is if we're too involved. This church is necessary, but we got to stop wearing a shirt that says God is Jesus is bigger than Sunday, but not doing it on Monday through Saturday. Yeah, like there's yeah. more to that. Like I, we tell you know people all the time, man. I, 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 I want to drive my kids crazy with the stuff I, 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 I preach into them. I want whenever they move out of this house to quote the things that I've said over the. 18 plus years because we ain't going to automatically yeah. kick, kick them out no, when they turn 18. Not either. my babies. Um, <laughs> but we understand that that we're preparing them to do life. Yeah. And that There's if, so I, much knew, more to if it. I knew I was raising the next Barack Obama, like mm-hmm. if I was certain of that, if God showed me that, yeah. came, you know, Jesus came, came down on earth, manifested in the flesh again and said, your oldest son Gregory is going to be the next president of the United States. I'd look for ways to develop him now. Mm-hmm. So with that mindset, I should be pursuing God on oh man. What what does he need? What am I supposed to be Where doing? Where does he need to be? What, What's, who's supposed how to can be I minister him? to my children to develop them into what you've called them to be? Jacqueline Carr. Her oh, story yeah, she's a great example like that. of that. Her parents, yeah, they gospel had singer her Jacqueline very, Carr. Yeah. But look what she became. Mm-hmm. They knew. Yeah. You know. They knew something. They knew enough of something. You know, God gave them something enough for them to be like, all right, we got to make sure that we have her, you know. And so in learning how to do life well, whether that's with your children, with a spouse, 
you know, or by yourself, whatever that is, um, it is so important to understand that ministry isn't just one thing. Mm -hmm. It's not just one way. Um, You know, Jesus went about doing good and people came to know who he was. Mm -hmm. He did not go, I'm the Messiah. I'm the, hey, everybody, I'm the Messiah. (laughs) Hey, he didn't do that. Go get my donkey right here. Come on now. I need y'all to put me on a robe (laughs) and a king's uh, thing because the Messiah, you know, Jesus tried to be discreet. Yeah. But people, the gift made room for him. Oh, man. It was because it was who he was. And so it's like, it's, you know, when you, because of who, when, when you have the spirit of God in you, people are attracted to you Mm -hmm. because of who you are. You don't have to, sometimes you don't ever have to say or do anything. I remember this one day I was going through so much and I saw my God sister and she smiled at me. You know who you are if you said, if you're watching this and it was exactly what I needed. Mm -hmm. It was like God was shining through her in that moment and it brought me comfort I started to cry mm. just because I saw her face. It was a spirit of God on her. She had to be like, hey, glory. She didn't have to do, mm-hmm. but God just showed me. It wasn't even a moment like that. It wasn't, it, you know, God didn't, it wasn't that. It yeah. was just her smile. It was him inside of her. And we, if we recognize that we're carrying God's spirit inside of us, with everything that we do, it could be ministry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We were Greg and I were in the store. We shared this on Facebook, um, and if you follow us, you saw it. We were in the store. We have a thing we we do with our kids every Friday night, family fun night. We tried to create like a Sabbath because life was just so busy. We wanted to try to reserve some time just for them. And we were in the store, and we were looking for like stuff to make pizzas or something. And there was a man there, and uh, he was he was helping us try to find a pizza the pizza shell. And we started talking about what we were doing. And when he when he heard what we were doing, you saw the tears. You remember? Yeah, I remember. You saw the tears start welling up in his eyes. And he was talking about that how it was good what we were doing with our kids. And, um, you know, he said, like, you know, we do it with the grandkids. He's like, we didn't really do that with our, our kids. And he's like, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And we recognized in that moment, like, that was a ministry moment. Mm-hmm. Because if we're supposed to be the salt of the earth, that means that that we bring the flavor and preserve and we preserve. Yeah. We're preserving our family. Mm-hmm. The world is full of broken families. That means that when your family's broken, lots of time, the kids are broken, the adults are broken. So they're not getting these small, these moments of just spending time with your kids meaning so much. You know, because once they're gone, I mean, mm-hmm. we see we have a, a almost twelve year old, and we're like, "Oh my lord!" Yeah, <laughs> it's like this, and you're you're twelve, and, and you'd be surprised. There there are kids that don't know what it's like to sit down at a dinner table. We with tell our kids meeting. this stuff all the time too, yeah. because they they are they don't know that life. A lot of the people around them, they're all everybody's married. They don't really know a lot about like divorce and broken families and stuff like that. And so they don't even understand Mm -hmm. that they're an anomaly for real. And, you know, but this is us being the salt in the earth. Us making sure that we're good and working is for us, but it's for them. It's for them too. Mm -hmm. So they can know, number one, it's possible to have a healthy marriage. 
and what it can look like Mm -hmm. and how they can be. Yeah. You know, they don't got to do everything exactly the way that we are and how, but they have an example of what it looks like mm-hmm. and they'll be able to say, I know what it's not. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's us being the salt. Yeah. That's us preserving what God created and established in the very beginning, which was marriage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we just want to encourage everybody and we want to close it out. This one's a, was this one longer? Oh, nah. But we just want to close we a this minute, one out. 41 minutes yeah, before, we, it's okay. We be getting it in. But, you know, we wanted to close this one out, just encouraging everybody that um, your gift making room for you, let's go back to that. Yeah. Is not necessarily in the four walls of the church. If it is, great. Yeah. If it is, and you're doing something else, great. Mm-hmm. But don't, you know, don't feel so, if I don't dance, if I don't sing, if I'm not an usher, then I'm not in my purpose. Yeah. You know, just having a spirit of God in you will will create change in the world. Mm-hmm. As you're hearing the voice of God, God's leading you to do stuff. You'll be, you will be changing the world little by little. Absolutely. You know, some people will, might not ever hear you preach, but they see how, how nice you were in a grocery store. Mm-hmm. You don't know what people need who are around you. You know, there's a lot of people in the world. You don't, we didn't know that man needed that moment. We don't know what that moment did for him. All we know is it brought him, brought tears to his eyes and God showed us in that moment. That was a ministry moment. Yeah. I, I know God has called me to speak, but mm-hmm. if. The only place I ever speak is to my children. I, I'm I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing um, a motivational speaker say he practices. Uh, it might have been a pastor. He practices sermons on his children. Yeah. He didn't have an audience. He's, that's where he practices sermons at. Yeah. But that's the that's being that that's that development process. Yeah. You know, and that's that's what's necessary. But mm-hmm. what we want you guys to get from this is number one. Um, be comfortable in the skin that God made you in. You are designed Whatever to be that you. is. Yes. You're designed to be you. Yeah. You're not. What I, I remember, I, I said to to, uh, to a handful of men in this uh, men's program that I did, that you're not ready made. Mm-hmm. Meaning that um, you're unique. You're yeah. not a robot created like everybody else. Yeah. You're unique. And so... If you listen to our our previous episode where we talk about principle versus practice, we wanted to make it clear. And understand the will of God. That one tapped on it. Too. Oh man, mm-hmm. uh, they all tie into they all tie into each other. Where we're talking about, um, and my wife just said it. Our our kids are seeing an example of what healthy marriage looks like. They may not see all of the the all of the examples, but they can recognize what it isn't. Yeah. That right there is so big. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that we give you principles mm-hmm. um, that you can say, I know what doing life well looks like. Yeah. And I know what it isn't. Yeah. And then when you're making decisions and you're at a fork in the road, you can say, uh, that road looks like it isn't the right road. Yeah. This one, this one right here, I believe is leading me down the right path. Mm-hmm. And so once again, we thank you guys for following us on this journey. Yeah. Um, over Ooh, these I last got one quote. Five weeks. I got one quote. One oh, quote. Come on, come on. I gotta say it. And this is about you encouraging people to be uniquely who God created them to be. I heard a man of God say something similar to this, and this is what I'll say. I know, like, let's say people watch us 
and they're like, oh, I want our marriage or I want us to be like them. It's okay to have like an example or somebody that you look up to, Hmm. but you don't ever want to try to force you or your spouse to be someone you're not. You being me is the trashest me you'll ever be because you ain't me. But you being you is the best person you'll ever be. And nobody can. I tell my kids this Mm. all the time. Nobody can be you better than you. You being someone else. You're tr- you're a trash version of them because you ain't them. Ooh. But you being you is the best you you ever could be because nobody was created to be you. Ayo. So don't try to be us. You'll be trash because you're not us. Amen. But be the best you that you were created to be. Intentional living. Intentional leadership. Oh, I messed, messed it up again. I, I ended the season the way I started it. <laughs> Intentional leadership for intentional living. So take care. God bless. God bless. Hey, before you go. Make sure you subscribe to the channel and like this video.